Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our Insights series where we aim to provide relevant, timely and actionable analysis in a discursive format. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Please visit our website for more Insight Series updates and as always, like, subscribe and share. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast in the Sibylline Insight series. I'm here today with uh, Sub-Saharan Africa analyst Ben Manzin to talk about uh, locust swarms that you may be aware of in East Africa. So why don't you fill us in on the latest details, Ben? Yeah, thank you, Phil. Um, it's currently estimated that around 300 billion desert locusts are active around East Africa, with around 170 billion of those estimated to be active in Kenya. These represent the largest swarms that the country has seen in over 70 years. Uh, with multiple swarms active throughout the region, roughly ranging from 40 to 80 million individuals on average per square kilometer, this presents a significant threat to food security throughout the region. Each locust eats its own body weight in food every day, and therefore every square kilometer of locusts will eat roughly enough to feed 35,000 people on a daily basis. Considering that We've seen a number of swarms 40 kilometers wide and 60 kilometers long. This presents, obviously, a huge threat to the region's food supply. The locusts are now active across the region, particularly in Kenya, Ethiopia, and Somalia, which itself has declared a state of emergency over the outbreak, and some farming communities in these countries are recording 100% crop loss. They're now spreading to Eritrea, Djibouti, Sudan, South Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda, and for the first time in 70 years, sightings have also been seen in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay, so it sounds like these are pretty unprecedented almost, uh, at least in, in living memory, with regards to the, the size and scale of, of the swarm. So what's driving this? Why is it happening now? Well, it appears that the current locust swarms have actually been developing for a number of years, assisted by the increased regularity of cyclones in the Indian Ocean. Starting in May 2018, Cyclone Makunu hit the Arabian Peninsula, dropping around 60 centimetres of rainfall over three days in some areas. Uh, this kick-started a rapid growth of the locust population, not only encouraged by uh, more rapid reproduction among mat- mature locusts, but also due to the oddities of locust biology, causing eggs which in some cases have lain dormant for several years to hatch. Every three months, locusts are ready to enter another breeding cycle, And if conditions are right, female locusts can lay multiple pods over a few-week period, each pod containing around 80 eggs. This took place, and the swarms began to grow rapidly. Then in October 2018, Cyclone Lubin hit the Arabian Peninsula, dropping another 30 centimetres of rainfall. This contributed to um, a rapid expansion, and within nine months of the first breeding cycle, the swarms were 8,000 times larger than they had been in the start of 2018. From here, the majority of them moved south to Yemen, where instability and enduring conflict prevented the efforts to contain the outbreak at this stage. New vegetation and renewed rain sustained the expansion, allowing the swarms to grow to 160,000 times their original size, after which winds in mid-2019 carried them across the Gulf of Aden and into Somalia and Ethiopia. At this stage, the swarms were still deemed to be manageable, and moreover, due to years of drought-like conditions in the region, there was a strong possibility that the swarms as is commonly the case, would simply exhaust their resources and die out. However, then the region experienced yet another cyclone. Uh, The strong Indian Ocean dipole in the latter half of 2019 saw rising temperatures in the west of the Indian Ocean, resulting in Cyclone Pawan, which made landfall in the Horn of Africa in December 2019. 
the high levels of rainfall resulted in flooding in some parts of Somalia, sustaining the continued expansion of these swarms, while again, conflicts in parts of the country impeded efforts to contain their growth. So I guess what we're saying is that, uh, you know, a confluence of factors from climate change and regional instability have contributed to this year's exceptional rate of, of expansion when it comes to the locust swarms. So I assume that these, these factors are going to continue to, to drive the expansion of the the locusts over the coming months? I mean, isn't the rainy season approaching? Uh, absolutely. The um, Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN, the FAO, is currently predicting that the swarms could grow to around 500 times their current size by June. Positive climactic conditions have enabled continued reproduction and new bands of locusts are expected to hatch over the coming weeks. And new breeding is expected to take place during the region's coming rainy season between March and April. This is ordinarily the region's primary rainy season, elevating the likelihood of high growth in the coming months. With the expansion of these swarms, greater and greater resources need to be mobilized to counter their expansion. The most effective method is to aerially spray pesticides, but when the outbreak began, Ethiopia, for example, had only three planes available for such operations, while in many places, such as Uganda, uh, where locusts have spread the 20 districts in the north, authorities are relying on handheld spray pumps to counter the locusts. This has forced the FAO to increase their requests for funding from 78 million US dollars to 138 million US dollars. Prior to this announcement, they had been struggling to meet even their initial requests, with only 33 million US dollars committed to combating the spread to date. Of course, the expansion of locust swarms cannot continue indefinitely. Failed rains and eventual limitations on food sources will cause the swarms to die out. But by the time that this has happened, their impact on the local food supplies will already have been significant. So how is that going to translate into a wider impact that might affect um, business community and maybe domestic stability in these countries? Well, we expect the Im impact on agricultural activity to significantly elevate threats to food security throughout the region particularly among subsistence farmers who are prevalent across the region's rural communities. This would be sufficiently concerning by itself, but it comes in the context of years of low levels of rainfall impacting crop production. Broadly speaking, the Horn of Africa is one of the most food insecure regions on the planet, with around 70 million people in the region living in areas prone to extreme shortages. And in October, aid agencies reported 13 million people in the area facing critical levels of hunger. At the time, agencies were requesting hundreds of millions of dollars in support uh, for food aid initiatives. By mid-2019, annual budgets for initiatives just in Somalia were only 20% met. Uh, with the destruction of agric agricultural produce likely to push even greater numbers of people into critical levels of food insecurity, it is highly unlikely that aid agencies will be able to provide enough to support the area's needs. Regional damage agriculture will also work to significantly increase food prices as many countries in the region import portions of its food supply from neighboring countries. This will drive an increase in food prices, a sustaining inflation, broadly speaking, and elevating levels of domestic unrest as communities' anger at government's failure to provide grows and between communities as competition intensifies for reduced supplies of food and access to arable land. The most notable case study where we are likely to see this activity uh, significantly elevating threats to security and disrupting national development is Ethiopia. Here, ethnic tensions over land are already elevated as the country approaches its election in August 2020. 
Ethnically focused political parties often cite historic claims to land and local hegemony, inciting attacks on minority communities, which in September 2019, the government claimed had resulted in the deaths of over 1,000 people over the past 12 month period. Loss of food supplies will increase the susceptibility of local populations to messages about their right to additional land and claims that foreign communities are hindering their own economic development. As these parties attempt to bolster their own, their own support before the vote, they will amplify these messages. This will generate increased threat of violence going into the election uh, with attacks in rural communities likely to spread to regional hubs, disrupting movement through the country and elevating the likelihood of a government clampdown, which may impact the legitimacy of the polls, driving enduring disruption to the new government's administration through the coming years. Okay, so I guess what we're saying from what started off as uh, a relatively localized natural phenomenon has now grown into something which has you know real ramifications for food prices stability and in some cases where it coincides with elections now domestic unrest as well in in east africa uh, i guess one question that comes out of this is are the climatic conditions that led to the explosion of locust numbers this year likely to be repeated in years to come given what we know about current projections for climate change Unfortunately, the picture seems to be that as global temperatures increase, extreme weather events like cyclones are becoming more common and the kind of conditions which led to the Indian Ocean Dipole in 2019 are likely to repeat themselves. This will result in more regular periods where we see prolonged periods of drought followed by short periods of heavy rainfall which do create the perfect conditions to sustain the growth of these locust swarms. So I think it's, it's, it's entirely possible that in the coming years, um, we will see events like this happen more regularly throughout the region. Okay, so it looks like uh, threats to food security are only going to increase as a consequence of uh, this particular aspect of, of climate change in the years ahead. So thank you very much for that, Ben. And if you like this podcast, please like, share or, or comment online. And if you have any further questions, please get in touch at info at Thank you.